This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. It's very important that we learn to minister in and out of the presence of Jesus. We have to learn, and there is a learning curve there. The reason there's a learning curve is because of its simplicity. It's what we were created for, and it's the easiest thing to do. The natural mind hates the simplicity of Jesus. The fallen mind hates the fact that Jesus is enough, but he is enough. So you might have come to this event believing God for the more. If that more is outside of Jesus, it's not God's more. You don't want it. I said you don't want it. I said you don't want it if it's outside of Jesus. Jesus is the Father's remedy for every issue there ever has been, there is, and ever will be, the Lamb of God. He is the all-sufficient, Jordan, he don't buddy. He is the all-sufficient remedy for all creation. I would even challenge you with this thought. Jesus was enough for the Father. Maybe he should be enough for the church again. See, you say, well, I'm not called to preach what you preach. Oh, yeah, you are. Every Christian should preach Christ. You say, I preach the Bible. Did you meet him while he was walking between every verse, waiting on you to look at him? You can know your Bible and burn in hell. Now, I want you to know your Bible. It's important you know your Bible. But make sure you find him while you're there. Like Bill Johnson says, if I don't meet him while I'm reading, it just equips me to debate a little better. And debaters don't change the world. Only lovers do. You say, I need power. Yeah, you definitely need power. But today, my prayer is that the Holy Ghost grabs you by the back of your collar and plunges you into the chest of Jesus that is the source of power. You say, I need an anointing. He's the anointed one. You say, I need to know what door God's opening for me. I could preach a lot louder, but I just can't today. I think he likes that sometimes. Don't you? Isn't it more important to depend on his presence than our sermons? Isn't it? I've met a few nuns who are charismatic nuns who came to our event. How many of you came to Jesus 17? Okay. Do you remember the sisters? They could sing Old MacDonald and you get born again. Why? Because Jesus walks with them. You ever wonder why Peter's shadow healed the sick? See, because everybody loves the presence once they, once they experience the presence, or most people do. But there's a few people who so walk with him that he begins to enjoy their presence. It's called union with God. That shadow healed the sick because God walked in that shadow. That's the Christian life. But somewhere along the way, we made the Christian life checking off the right box in front of the right questions. How many of you know, like me, you can run down to a Billy Graham altar call like I did and drive to Ybor City the same night and party your face off? Because if you don't find Jesus at the altar, you'll discover something real quick. Altars don't save you. Only he does. And if you don't talk to him in the call, at the altar call, nothing happens. I'm living proof. 
something happens when you meet the person. You say, man, I came for more depth. Good luck, you won't find more depth. Not because it's coming from me, it's because of the one I'm talking about. There is nobody more deep than Jesus, the Son of God. Nobody. I was asked to be on a TV show who I honor. And they like to focus on miracles and the supernatural, which we do everywhere we go. We make no apologies. How many of you know that we owe Jesus the reward of his stripes? That's why we pray for the sick. Not merely for the sick. We love the sick. But it's case closed. I no longer have the option to say no to the wounded stripes. I don't. And neither do you. Nobody here has the right to say no to a sick person. Do you know why? Because you didn't pay for them. He did. The other day I was in a meeting, and as I was preaching, I thought the worship was going a little long. I was going to stop it, and that's just the way it goes sometimes. I was going to shut it down. The Lord said, I didn't know this worship was unto you. Who are you to shut it down? See, I live like an hour away. I can get out of here real quick. But I felt the Lord wanting to punch us between the eyes today in his love and make it about what it is about in heaven. Guess what it's all about in heaven? The lamb who was slain. That's what it's all about. It's all about. So to the Father, this whole thing is about Jesus. Why? Because he's selfless. And at the end of this whole deal, Corinthians teaches us that when everything is under his feet, he'll then hand the kingdom back over to his Father. Why is that? Because he's selfless. Why is it when you get touched by the Holy Ghost, he says something to you? You've got to meet Jesus because he's selfless. Then you meet Jesus. You say, good teacher. He says, only call me good if you're going to call me God, basically. That's what the statement actually means. He said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. The statement actually meant, if you're going to call me good, you're really calling me God. And then he said, these works that I do, it's the Father doing them. So he points us to the Father. And then you meet the Father, and he says, this is my son. You do know that this is my son is the only sermon the Father ever preached in the New Testament. If the father had a megaphone, I said this in the back, if the father had a megaphone and he had three minutes to preach and to get the whole world to listen and he only had three minutes or if he had three seconds, this is what he'd say, this is my son. That doesn't make me anti-Holy Spirit or anti-Father. No, it just propels me into the love affection of the Trinity, which is this on the earth. This is Jesus. It is impossible to be a Christian without Christ. And this is the tragedy in the realm of religion. It's this, that you can learn a bunch of scriptures, create a spiritual mumbo-jumbo like the Pharisees did. I mean, I can justify scripturally stoning you if I want to, if I pull the right ones with the wrong heart. But you miss Jesus in this whole thing. You miss the person. You gain a bunch of do's and don'ts. And you can't sense his touch when he comes. And that is the curse of the law. Trying to please God without God. The curse of the law was this. Do what God says without God. Say, man, I met Jesus, but I just didn't feel it and I just didn't know. Are you Rodney's daughter? I love what he said once. This is what he said. I love one of his quotes. Good to meet you, by the way. I think you and I have text. We've sent a few text messages, haven't we? I love what Pastor Rodney says. He said this back in the 90s. He said, let me get this straight. God touched you, but you didn't know? 
the God of the universe touched you and you didn't know? He said, I'm accused of preaching an experience. You better believe I preach an experience. He said, drinking a Coca-Cola is an experience. Riding a roller coaster is an experience. Putting your shirt on is an experience. You know the soundbite I'm talking about? Arguing with your wife is an experience. Amen. All of these are an experience. And then you meet the God of the burning bush who spoke the cosmos into being and he touched you, yet you don't know. I'm accused of that all the time. Preaching experience. You better believe I preach an experience. What else is it? We meet Jesus. You cannot be born again if you haven't met Jesus. Period. You say, I believe all the right stuff. The right stuff is a person. The stupid devil tried to get on my throat. It doesn't matter because it's not about our voice. It's about his. You say, we need, what is revival? What, do we need revival? Of course. Of course we do. What is it? It's when he comes and he stays. People ask me all the time, what would you do if Jesus walked in your room? I'd say this, please don't go. What do you want right now to stay forever? You say, well, I know he's, he's with me all the time. You don't need to talk like that. Oh, I know he's with you all the time, but I want more. I said, I want more. I want more. I, I, I have to have more. If I don't have more, I feel like I'll die. I don't want to be a professional Christian speaker. It makes me sick, the, even the thought of it. I want God to walk with me. When I die, I want his thumbprint on my tombstone. I want God to touch me. I want him to talk to me. I want him to touch me. I want to talk to him. I want him to breathe on me. I want to breathe back on him. That's worship. That's what I want. I want Jesus. You say, man, you're a little intense. I used to be the other way. It was death. And it's super boring. And I got tired of putting my hands on cancer patients and watching them die. I couldn't do it anymore. At some point, you've got to ask Jesus for more. If it's not us, then who is it? Who is it? You say, I don't know what to do. That's the best place to start. Get in the game. Stay in the pocket. Go into your prayer closet. You know, we're starting a school. I'm supposed to run a video. Uh, I can't run a video right now. But <laughs> people ask me all the time, what would you do if, kid, if kids flew in from around the world and you disciple them? I said, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd teach them to spend time with Jesus. You say, what about theology? I'd give them that too. From the platform of presence. Because his presence is him. Look, the minute his presence stops being him, we stop valuing it or him. My friend Eric Gilmore says this, there's not a scalpel thin enough to divide Jesus and his presence. He is his presence. And that's a game changer. That means when you say, I feel his presence, you're saying, I feel you. (laughs) I feel you right now in my car. I feel you nudging me to be with you. I feel you waking me up at three in the morning just to talk to me because nobody else will. This is not some ethereal concept. This is a person. He's a real person. I don't care if I preach myself hoarse today. I came here to see Jesus touch you. You know how you get what you don't have? The way you get the more is by stewarding what he's trusted you with now. And being humble enough to look at your brother and go, Dude, put your hands on me. I need what you have. 
Jesus can work with people who don't know it all. He can work with people who know three verses of the Bible. You shouldn't stay there. But he can work with all that. What he can't work with is that spirit that says, well, I was in revival before I know what it looks like. I grew up in it. I've seen it all. I met this guy. I met that guy. Look, man, I met him too. And it's awesome. Nobody's as beautiful as that one who has hair down to here and a wound on his side and holes in his hands and holes in his feet whose eyes flicker like burning fire that scream, I love you, but I'm holy. At the same time, only he can be like that all at once. Only Jesus can wash feet and raise the dead on the same day. It's his completion. That's what the Bible says, rightly do they love you. Nothing's more right than loving him because nothing could be more perfect than him. That's what the Bible says. You can have as much of him as you want. You're not hearing me. Some of you are, some of you are not. You can have as much of Jesus as you want. You say, I need him to do something. Man, maybe he has. Maybe he did come and die. Maybe he did put on a body, and before that, maybe he did become a seed in the womb of a woman. That's pretty humble. Maybe the Holy Ghost did take him as the bodiless, formless word from the chest of the Father. That's what the Bible says. He came from the bosom of the Father. The Holy Ghost went up into the chest of the Father to reveal the heart of the Father, because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You say, what's the Father saying? Jesus. That's all he ever says, because he's from the heart of the Father. The Holy Ghost takes that formless word. And the Bible says, a body thou hast prepared for me. Takes and makes him a seed in the womb of a woman. You're asking Jesus to do something? Man, he's done something. He's done something already. Lives among us, heals the sick, raises the dead, climbs mountains to pray just, just because he wanted to be alone so badly with one he loved. We can't get out of the bed. You know the Mount of Transfiguration is snow-capped? It's snow-capped in the winter. Jesus climbed it for his devotional. We look at our recliner in our bedroom and go, oh, it's a little chilly. I don't know if I can get there. I don't know why God's not using me. I don't know why he won't trust me with a nation. I can't get to my chair and read my Bible. You say, I'm about grace. Well, me too. But the grace I met threw me straight into his presence. I'm not letting you out today. I don't care if you're a bishop. Look, I, I don't care. It's about Jesus. I don't give a rip. And Jesus doesn't care either. You know, never once has Jesus addressed me by my ministry title. Just calls me son. You're my son. I don't have a problem with titles. I'm just saying. Nobody's disqualified from loving Jesus. Nobody's out of this. Nobody's above it. Nobody's below it. Nobody's too deep for it. He is it. He's it. My wife said, uh, I hope she's not watching, but I'm going for it anyways. She said, baby, when are you going to change the subject? I said, man, I used to preach all this stuff, but I can't change the subject. She goes, when are you going to stop? I said, I'll stop when I preached all of him, and I think it's going to take a while. We're talking about this Jesus generation, right? A new Jesus people movement. Our school is called Jesus School. Our events are named Jesus. 
What, what is God doing? He's trying to scream to the world, this is the Lamb of God. This is my son. Hear ye him. You know how you know you're praying? When you forget you're praying. I don't know, I'm serious. You get on your knees in the morning. You know, there are realms of prayer. There are dimensions of prayer. There are dimensions of breakthrough. You see that in the tabernacle. There are curtains that need to be pierced, but every curtain is Jesus. That's what the Bible calls him, the curtain, right? He was torn. That's what Hebrews teaches. Why? Because Jesus was torn. Every curtain in the tabernacle is a fresh revelation of Jesus. The gate is purple, blue, red, white, gold, all of this. What's it speaking of? Divinity, the heavenly man, Jesus the Savior, all of this. He's king in purple. All of it is Jesus. You get to the next curtain, it's thick, it's, 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 it's heavy, it's right behind or in front of the altar of incense. It speaks of prayer and worship and intercession. That's the next level. We all know that. It's on the ground, speaking of our postures at his feet in our hearts. It's all about Jesus. So there are realms of this breakthrough that God is calling us. When you're on your knees in the morning and you're thinking, I'm praying right now. You are, but you're not. But there's a moment when the Holy Ghost comes and you forget what you're doing. And you just are with him. When Jesus, be hear me, when Jesus becomes your prayer, at last you're praying. I'll say it again. When Jesus becomes your prayer, you are finally praying. What do I mean by that? You've gone down your list you brought it all to the Lord. It all matters. And you're asking and you're receiving. You're seeking. You're finding the presence. And now you're beating the door down. You're knocking. What are you knocking on? The heart of Jesus. What are you saying? I want in. I got to go in. I asked and you gave to me because you're a faithful father. I sought the one who gave to me because he's so good. It's his goodness that leads us to the repentance. Now I'm seeking the one that was so good to me that I received from and I found him. Some stop there. They go, oh my gosh, because he is magnificent. You can't lie. I can't lie, he's beautiful, man. He's beautiful. I see no other reason to live. No other reason. I, anything else that comes with it is a blessing, but if they took it all away, if I could just have him, I'm just fine. That's what David said, right? Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. What else did he say? If you're silent unto me, it's like I'm living in the pit. If God's not talking to me, I feel like I'm in hell. That's what David said. But there comes this moment where now you see the one who's so beautiful. You're looking at his face. You see that he's gentle and strong, that he's fiery, and he can still put a child on his knee and bless them and still take a whip and turn the tables over in the temple court. He's all this stuff in one. So complete, which is what the word holy means. Holy means he's complete. There's not, nothing void in him. He's perfect. Why do you think you wake up in the morning, you read your Bible, and you go, oh, I can't do this. You're so amazing. It's because of his beauty. But only a few people say this. You're beautiful. I sought you and I found you. But I'm coming in. Now I'm going to start knocking. I'm going to beat the door down, the front door of your heart, Jesus. And I might not be a William Branham. I might not be a John Kilpatrick. I might not be a Steve Hill. I may not be 
a Benny Hinn. I may not be a Kevin Kuhlman. I may not be a Reinhard Bunke. Maybe like Branham's bassinet, I don't have a light hovering over my head. But one thing I have is this. I know you're real. And I'm going to make it hard on you not to touch me. If I have to be like the woman who is beating the door down and annoying the man at night for the, for the sake of peace, he gets up and answers the door. doesn't matter if I'm chosen. I don't think I'm. Whatever. Jesus is real. I'm coming. To those people, Jesus says, come on in. And he opens the front door of his heart. And he begins to share his feelings with them. See, maybe to you, that's not as exciting as jerking someone out of a wheelchair. But I've seen people who could jerk people out of wheelchairs who are burning in hell. You say, no. Oh, yeah, I've seen them. I've met them. Who left the faith. Left their wives. People can give you their address. and you're, It's all awesome. I want it all. I'm just saying. You don't love Jesus, you're on dangerous, dangerous ground. But I've never met anyone who loved Jesus and God did not eventually touch the mighty, glorious power. It might take a little longer. I'm just being real. It might take a little longer. See, some people want to go to a meeting and get an impartation. That's awesome too. But if you want to be a tree, not just fruit that falls from the tree, if you want to be an actual tree, You've got to learn to bury your roots into the presence of God. You say, are you a presence guy? Yeah, because I'm a God guy. It's time we just throw the titles out. His presence is him. And if he's not with us, it is not a church. Is this too heavy? Because I used to pastor. I used to not be able to do this Sometimes we come in like hitmen. But it's because I love you. I want you to find the one I found. You said you find him on your father-in-law's platform? I did, sort of. Yeah, I did. I can't lie. Right there in Benny's meeting, 12 years old, he calls me out of a crowd. I don't know, 3,000 people. Sick little boy. He said, you, you, boy, get up here. He called me up there. I walked on the platform. I learned something about the presence of God. He's with some people and not with others. You say, God's not like that. He doesn't have favorites. Sure he does. He has favor. How can he have favor and not have favorites? God's closer with some people than others. You say, I don't like that. Well, it's just the way it is. You, everyone here knows if, 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 if you, the rubber really hit the road at some point in your life, you got about three people you'd call. Four, five, maybe. I don't, I probably got five. Who are the ones you're going to call? The ones who have an audience with them. The ones who can move his hand. The ones who have instant access. See, we want the stuff. But what we can't give is our history. What history am I talking about? All alone with the Lord. Before anyone knows your name. You say, oh, you're Benny's son-in-law. That's how you got your start. Our ministry started when my family was divorced. When, when, and then, I, thank God, they're back together. I have no reason on paper to be up here right now. All my friends left me. I'm just being wrong. I'm cutting my chest open. 
I don't want to give the devil an inch in your life. So you think, none of this just happens. Man cannot give you the anointing. He called me up. He said, hey, come up here. When I got to here, it was like I stepped into heaven. Down there, it was good. Over there, it was pretty good. On Forest City Road, where his church used to be, it was just like the world. You came on the property, it was just like heaven. But when I got on the platform, it was like I stepped into a fiery cloud. I had Epstein-Barr's disease, it's incurable. I had been in bed for the good part of a year, and he didn't talk to me about healing, he just walked up to me. I'm gonna say that again, because it's one thing to teach healing and another thing to hold the hand of the healer. Here's my challenge, and I do it everywhere. I, we teach healing schools, but, but just follow me here for a second. Find me one message in red letters that is on the topic of healing. You know why it didn't have to be in a topic, in a topical form? Because he is healing. See, this thing is about embodiment. See, I'd heard the gospel before, but when I heard my father-in-law at the time he wasn't, when I heard him, my little heart said, why does he talk about God like God's real? My friend grew up in a church nearby here. His name's Eric Gilmore, he was just quoted. He grew up in the church, his dad played the trumpet. Big church, he heard the gospel every week. Now is the gospel good? Say yes. Is the gospel good? Just, okay, the gospel is good. Okay, just making sure. Every week he heard the gospel. Then his mom dragged him to a, the panhandle of Florida in 1996 to a church called Brownsville Assembly. He looked into the eyes of a man named Steve Hill whose eyes were burning. Same message, but this was a little different. What was the difference? God was sitting on every word. Because it's not by might. I said it's not by might. And it's not by power. It's not by our strength. It's by my spirit. You say, what's God looking for? More Steve Hills. More Bennies who locked himself in a room for a year. Eight hours a day and wrote a little book that kind of touched the world called Good Morning Holy Spirit. Yeah, this is about legacy, but what is our responsibility in championing those who've gone on before us? What do you think Steve is praying for, Kelsey? I'll tell you what Steve's praying for. Don't waste the price I paid. Don't waste what I gave my life to. See, the moment, Courtney, the moment a man puts his hand on you and prays an impartation, that impartation is free on your part. But you are immediately mandated to bring a greater harvest than the man who laid his hands on you. Because the kingdom is ever increasing. So the Bible says that his government is ever increasing and that it rests upon his shoulders. And we bring a greater harvest with greater purity. That's glory to glory. You see how God doesn't let us out of the box? So nobody will stand before the throne and say, I just didn't know what you were like didn't know because the moment Jesus was wrapped in flesh 
he became God's will, living in a tent. So you want to know what the Father's like, how he feels about the sick? You just look at entire villages being completely emptied of the sick. You say, what does it look like to pray according to the Father? You look at the life of Jesus, completely transfigured and changed. See, we stop when the clock says stop in prayer instead of stopping when the Holy Ghost says stop. When you're waiting on the Lord, make sure to wait on the Lord. Did you hear me? Wait on the Lord, not on your waiting. The clock did not die on the cross. Jesus did. Paul, uh, Jack Hayford says it like this, don't leave till your heart's warmed. So true. I take it up a notch. Don't leave until you become fire. It's where champions are made, right there. When no one's looking. When nobody, you don't have any followers, you don't have a budget, you don't have a staff. When I got my first call to go preach, the pastor said, would you like me to call your office? I was like, yeah, well, I don't got one. So I'd shush the kids out of the bedroom. Run over there. He's calling the house. I had a computer, a jug of water, and a 40-day fast. Because I learned something early on. I could not stand in front of a man crippled and say, in the name of people I know, or in the name of family members, get up and walk. I had to meet Jesus all by myself. You say, I don't know, I'm just not that special. It's his presence that makes you special. You say, I don't have stamina, I don't know how to pray. No one can teach you how to pray. Only he can. Prayer teaches prayer. You say, I can't understand the scriptures. You never will without him. You say, man, I don't heal the sick. You ever try? Well, yeah, they didn't get healed. Try again. Makes me feel stupid. Good. Jesus is making you humble and meek. Go for it again. What if they die? Raise them. What if they don't get up? Try again. Then what? Bury them, go to the funeral, and preach the gospel at the funeral. Next person who gets sick, go for it again. You say, I feel stupid. Good, keep going. It's not about how cool we look. There is no way out of this whole thing. There's no way out. You say, I'm not anointed. Collide with the anointed one. You say, I'm not happy. You need to find joy unspeakable. It's all in him. You say, I went to that conference. Great, did you meet Jesus there? You say, I read my Bible an hour a day. Try reading his heart through the Bible and everything will change. It's about Jesus. And when I say it's about Jesus, help me with this, Father. He is not a concept. He is a real person. with real feelings. And he cries today, as Nathan said, when we do not discern his presence. I think, possibly, so many moves of God have been squandered because he showed up like a little burning bush 
and the leaders and the church thought he should have shown up as a pillar of fire. Never understanding that it starts with a little flicker. And you breathe on it with your attention. Gosh, don't miss this. Doesn't start with a cloud. Starts with a little vapor the size of a man's hand. And someone who's been with him in the closet because they've learned what it's like for the Holy Ghost to say, turn the music off real quick. And your natural mind goes, but I'm worshiping. And he said, true worship isn't about a sound. You turn it off and you feel him. Then his presence lifts and he says, now pray in tongues. And you pray in tongues for an hour. And then it lifts. And then he says, wait in silence. And you don't want to because you're changing the world. Thinking you're binding and loosing principalities that have already been destroyed. And you're shadow boxing instead of loving Jesus. And the devil's beating you by causing you to bind him when he's already destroyed. Come on. Come on. So the Holy Ghost, just, just, uh, that tongues was for like 30 minutes ago. And you keep praying in tongues and you sense the presence lift and you hate it. Right? You hate it. Hopefully we hate it. And then you wait finally and he comes. What are you doing in those moments? Learning the presence of the Lord. It's what David did before Saul called him. David's all alone in a pasture in front of the open stars. Nobody knows his name. He doesn't even eat with his brothers. But he's got this harp And he's out there with the sheep, and he's playing this harp. And he's sensing, oh, when I play that key, when I hit that chord, something comes on me. It's not a something. It's a person who is drawn into a moment through the posture of our hearts. David feels that blanket rest on him. He feels that blanket rest, and then a bear walks up. David no longer stands in front of the bear as David, but he stands in front of the bear as one who belongs to God. And he slays lions and bears in private. When no one's looking. When no one's looking. You grip the secret place more tightly than the public place. You will never lose the public place. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950640, Lake Mary, Florida 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.